All right, y'all, here we are. Another episode of Sitting Dockside with Matt Rail and Troy Goldsby, yours truly, brought to you by www.pwnra.org, Private Waters Natural Resource Association. Matt, we're in Indiana today. We're going to discuss bluegill, stocking bluegill, and the piranha gill challenge. Matt challenged me over a year ago, which I know a lot of y'all have been waiting for, to come up here and get in his bluegill-laden pond and stand here for the entire podcast, which is what I've done to the point that my Bruce Leroy mesh shirt fish bag from The Last Dragon, you got to glow to glow to know and show enough. Uh, this fish food has now just turned almost to vomit. It's very disgusting. I get by fit. I get bit by fish multiple times. Uh, I have several marks on my back. It's no fun. The water's cold. Matt refuses to let me out until we do more intros. But uh, here I am. We're doing the whole podcast. He's on one side of the bank. I'm in the water, and we're ready to go. Sitting dockside with Matt and Troy. Well, we're your hosts, Matt Rail and my Tennessee buddy, Troy Goldsby. Together, we have been working with lakes and ponds for over 40 years. And during that time, we have picked up on a ton of tips and tricks from lake owners and experts from all over the country. So if you want to learn how to catch some smiles from your kids or grandkids on your lake, or learn how to grow some memories on your pond, then come sit with us on Sitting Dockside. Matt is now recording the live feed of what is going to be the Piranha Gill Challenge, which is absurd, y'all. I'm just saying. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not wearing that. There's no way. I got it. I got a big bag and I cannot lie. Welcome to the Dockside Podcast, a rarity into which we've all have been waiting for. Um, I don't know if you started. We started out on about a year ago. We started talking about a challenge in which Troy's now drove, uh, drove all the way up here to Indiana to fulfill before winter, all for PWNRA members. And if you look at him, he does not look silly at all. Hanging <laughs> with a bag around his neck, full feed, <laughs> going into a, a piranha gill pond, over 10,000 bluegill are in this little tiny pond waiting for him, into which he was going to eat every single hair off his body. This kind of challenge started when we had a little banter on one of our podcasts, Sitting Docksides, I don't know, about a year ago. I said, you're going to, these fish are so tough. You reach your hand in there, they eat the hair off your arms. And he was like, no way they can't. That has escalated. And here we are today. Troy from Tennessee going to say that he can, he can tolerate these fish for the entire podcast. Sitting with feet around his neck. And also, I don't know if you can see, but there is going to be feed next to me. And I'm going to be throwing it in around him while he gets torn up. So I think it's uh, Troy. I mean, do I get do I get to talk? Do I get to talk, or are you going to talk the whole time? I don't. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I have a very successful career. Two of them actually. Two, by the way. One of them I own the business with my brother, and here I am standing half naked with a big bag of fish stuff hanging way too low, and I'm fixing to get in this pond. That's obviously, obviously cyanobacteria covered. I'm going to get some type of cyanotoxin in my fingernails. And I'm wearing fish food in the mesh shirt that Bruce Leroy wore in The Last Dragon, you know, show enough. I, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what to say. PWNRA is the parent. 
company, the nonprofit, Private Waters Natural Resource Association. The Facebook page is Lake and Pond Management Questions, Content, and Community, and I'm an idiot. And I don't know, Indiana's flat. I'm more concerned about hypothermia in the 70-degree water than the bluegill. The bluegill. <laughs> I'm from the south, y'all. I don't care about bluegill. Let's, let's go. <laughs> Matt, Look at Matt, Matt, Rail. Matt Rail's an idiot. <laughs> so there, Nick is a gator. <laughs> Nick. That's, a tor- that's not even a gator. That's like somebody's oh, old grass cutting okay. thing. <laughs> that's the bull. That's the big toro. But the, hey, the uh, this is all brought to you from nonprofit trying to educate private waters. Uh, hope you Nothing about this is education. Uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I got here. Yeah. He didn't even have breakfast. I, I drove all night. Actually, I rode all night, and he didn't even have breakfast fixed. My God, Elizabeth didn't have breakfast fixed. We should have had one. That's right. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> can I get in the water? Oh, I think it's time. Mouth. I can't see you anymore. It's gone to a different picture. There you are. That, that's because Josh Flowers just tried to give me a call. I think it, he heard it all the way from Texas what we're doing. So, anyway, so Troy, why don't you? Uh, all right, I'm going to throw a little fish food in for Ronnie Gills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're not even here. Can I jump in, Matt? Woo! <laughs> hey, that's cold, man. Hey, it's cold. I was always wanting to know how to I'm ser- Hey, the mat is the mat is 40 feet thick. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a disease. I got to come back. <laughs> this is stupid. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Don't fish that tree. I'm you can shoot them all away. You got bluegill all over you right now. Anyway, hey, it's a good time to start talking. If, about- hey, my back has been needing a little, a little care. If the hair ain't gone off my back, then my wife's gonna be mad at you. It's the only reason she let me come up here. <laughs> One thing, hey, Matt. How long? How long are we doing this? The water's cold. What? Do we, I don't even. I don't even know what we're talking about. NRA rocks. <laughs> I've got the great FRFR hat on. I'm representing the Formigos quite yep. well, and, and Aqua Services. To be honest with you, we're gonna hey, move more. Are there snakes? Are there snakes in Indiana? Not any snakes. You gotta worry about. Oh, there's something sharp. There's something sharp down there. That is a no, this this pond bottom is so full of fish feces. It's just squishy. How do you dig a pond and have this much sediment in it with zero runoff? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk let's talk, let's talk bluegill. You want to? Yes. So Lepomus ma- Lepomus macrocarus. All right. Let's just so bluegill is one of those big fish that everybody puts in their pond. Everybody likes it, especially we're actually loving bluegill a little bit even more sometimes, and we're doing some more trophy bluegill stuff than we are largemouth. One of the fastest growing management strategies that we're actually doing it. But the uh, speaking of what's right around uh, Troy's neck, his little feed bag, and it's the Bruce, uh, it's the Bruce Leroy shirt from uh, uh, the Last Dragon. Okay. So Troy, why don't you hit it first? If you're gonna t- tell me a little bit about bluegill, and then tell me about why in the world 
and what you do if you're going to make a little bit of bluegill strategy for a bluegill, big bluegill pond for somebody. First of all, bluegill in Alabama and Tennessee are much tougher than these bluegill. Not scared at all. Secondly, bluegill, Lepomus macrochiris. Uh, beautiful, beautiful fish. I can't catch one, but there's plenty around me. Uh, the number one forage base for largemouth bass, numero uno. So, mm-hmm. but today Matt wants to discuss stocking bluegill, uh, so that you have a trophy bluegill situation. So when you do that, it's kind of the reverse of stocking for largemouth bass growth. You really want your bass to be a little bit crowded so they consume a lot of the bluegill and the bigger bluegill can continue eating food and get larger and larger and larger. You don't want large numbers of bluegill. You want the bass to be a little heavy. You want the bluegill to be light and they just grow and grow, especially if you feed them optimal fish food. That's right. So we, (laughs) (laughs) had some gun. (laughs) Some gun just took a chunk. Are uh, are the ones that are really going to go big, and 
in, in the lake. So a lot of times you'd be able to throw those back. Harvester females, you can do that with the breeding colors if they're gravid females. And it's kind of just the opposite of what your harvesting would be for a trophy uh, largemouth bass population. So harvesting those males off top end, or excuse me, females off the, off the top end will be able to give you a lot of table fare, but still allow you to get to that trophy size fish that you want to put on the wall. It takes you about a, you know, five or six years to get a fish really extremely big, knocking on the door two pounds. And so patience a little bit, that adds some energy. And then also it's water quality. You really got to decrease your stress. Uh, meaning there are no stress events, even in the winter, in the summer, spring and fall, drought, flood. And so aeration systems are very important uh, and not having any kind of low oxygen event because if you're really putting in a fish that is, you know, six to eight years old and there's a big stress event, then uh, a lot of times your trophies can go down. So having that in there is a little bit of insurance and also improving the water quality and nutrient bindings, et cetera, really helps you all, uh, helps you out throughout that whole entire scenario. Troy, you want to add anything? I tried to catch one. He, he poked me and I'm bleeding now. I'm going to get some type of nasty Indiana infection from this water and this cut that the bluegill just gave me. I, I don't know if y'all know this, but fish food stinks. I got to get on at six o'clock in the morning and they may not let me on. This is, I'm bleeding now. This is stupid. <laughs> so, uh, it's all uh, it's all for the calls it's all for the great calls of bluegill bluegill stocking troy once if you're going to start where are you going to start on your initial stocking if it's a bass uh if you're trying to do bass or if you're trying to do bluegill for trophy trophy right, management so if i'm if i'm doing largemouth bass my base rate on bluegill is 1500 per acre Depending on what kind of type of management you want uh, for bass management, you may go up to 2,500 bluegill per acre, and that's going to be about an 80% blend of bluegill and 20% blend of shell cracker. If you're doing the reverse of that and you want to be uh, a little bit bass crowded and have a good bluegill population, you know, probably somewhere around 750 to 1,000 bluegill per acre. And then when you stock your bass, your numbers on bass are going to be somewhere in that probably 100 fish per acre mark. When you're stocking for largemouth bass growth, your bass rates are only going to be probably, you know, 60 bass per acre. So that would be my line on stocking. Oh, they starting to get, oh, they starting to, oh, they starting to get at me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't really add much. I'm standing in a cold pond with bluegill <laughs> nibbling on my rib cage. <laughs> yep. So you're exactly right. The stocking strategies, depending on where you're at, how long you're going to wait. 1,500 uh, fish per acre is a really nice number. Uh, we have, we've had, uh, even the state recommends a, a little bit lower than that, but we try to hit in that middle. We write seven, 750 on the low range. 1,500 is our optimal range and 2,500 if you really need to get some forage base established. Also depends on when you're going to, when you're going to stock your initial bass and what size. So you really need to strategically do that. And do not stock largemouth at the same time you stock bluegill to allow them to wait for almost a year allow the bluegill to reproduce to almost it looks like you can walk across them a bunch of small bluegill there's so many you can almost walk across them in the, in the lake or pond and then stock your bass but don't do it at the same time so don't the, do it uh, never never stock so here's here's the thing on that you'll go somewhere you'll have you know somebody have a big fish truck and they'll be like all right yeah yeah, yeah. you can buy bluegill shell cracker fatted men's golden shiner bass and crappie today and you can do that, but you are going to end in disaster. Stock mm -hmm. your forage base, let it cook for 
you know, depending on where you're at, uh, six months to a year, then stock your bass at low rates for good bass growth. Uh, and then if you want to do crappie later on down the road, you can do that a year or two in. But forage, then bass, then other species if you decide you want to go that route. That's right. Make sure your bass are stuck before you add the crappie. And I'm just going to rewind what Troy said. Uh, and then uh, I like how he said let them cook because basically it takes uh, – we said this number several times on podcast. We want to go back. We do have a podcast on initial stocking. So we have another guy coming around here. This guy did a U-turn, Troy. He's coming back. <laughs> the uh, so the additional stocking broke his neck trying to look over here. Oh, he jumped in my face. <laughs> You're gonna have to slow that down on slow mo because that some gun just nearly jumped in my mouth. <laughs> Yes, he didn't know he's going to have to be Indiana sushi, huh? Oh my goodness! I forgot All where I was. <laughs> so disgusting. The whole point being is is adding a bunch of bluegill, getting them established. Oh yeah, uh, initial podcast. We've done some on, on initial stocking, so go back and take a look at that if you have a new pod. All that being said, is when you stock your fish, it takes five hundred thirty-six three to five inch bluegill to put one pound on one one large mouth or predator fish so you're stocking 50 just like he's saying that's only putting three pounds on three fish that's why you have to let brood stock uh forage base sorry uh to to cook is what troy says to let them reproduce to several to tens to hundreds thousands before you start the predator fish it's essential uh that all being said there are some neat things with bluegill now that of how they're growing them and, and that sort of thing. You know, each person has a, a different sort of bluegill and everything else. As far as bluegill genetics, they've, you know, they have, they have been doing, they're tolerating a little bit of a, a uh, little bit more of a, a, a warmer and harsher environment. They're a little more feed trains are coming to, they actually eat people when, when you have a feed bag on them. And, uh, so genetics on the on that particular fish is pretty interesting itself. Bluegill, as a biology just behind that fish, is that they, they reproduce by full moon. Not the same fish reproduces every full moon, but the same, basically the same spawning colony <laughs> will change uh, using the same spawning habitat. So every full moon, you will get a spawn by certain fish, usually a rotation. Here in Indiana, we get one female will go at least two times a year. Uh, where Troy is, he may get three out of that female. So uh, they get a little bit uh, more. Everything's better, everything's better in the South, y'all. <laughs> then, uh, <clears throat> so that all being said is um, the, the spawning habitat. So you have a fish rotating. And it's kind of like hotel rooms, right? It's all booked up. They can't spawn. Um, so spawning habitat is very important for reproduction of bluegill. Uh, we like somewhere between five to seven percent. Again, we talked about that on pond building and another podcast. So take a look at, at that um, spawning habitat being pea gravel is what I use. Troy might may add a little bit more on it. Pea gravel is about the right size to maybe even a dime size fish uh, or dime size uh, rock. Is, is what we use for spawning habitats. We usually put a um, biax or a geo fabric underneath our rocks so it doesn't push through the mud um, and allow your habitat to, to oh, we got a, we got somebody doing a U-turn. Coming right back at. I think I'm drowning. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's what we use on our spawning habitats. I'm being murdered in Indiana. <laughs> Going down by gills, the piranha gills. But the uh, uh, so spawning habitat is really important. Troy, you want to add something? Yeah, so listen, bluegill are going to spawn in, in ponds. I mean, they're just going to. They're made for that. They're built for that. If you want to encourage better spawning habitat, like Matt said, we love using small pea gravel. Little bitty round pea gravel, you know, the size of the end of your pinky type of pea gravel. And do large beds in multiple areas, 20 by 20 areas, 40 by 40, whatever you want to do. If you have the ability to, you know, cover everything in pea gravel, cover it up. And then if you want to localize fish populations, use fish feeders for that. But uh, pea gravel beds are my my favorite source of um, bluegill spawning habitat. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Uh, I agree with you there. Um, and also the uh, different depths, make sure you uh, prepare your spawning habitats for if your pond goes up and down. So you have spawning habitats year round. That's really important. A lot of times I walk up to a place, their spawning ha habitat in August is out of the water. It's got two inches. So make sure you put some depths. Also an opposite size of the pond. Remember which side is going to heat up the most in the spring. That's the side they'll utilize and then be cooler in the fall. So that's really important on, on that. Uh, so not just one area, just a series of small hair areas that would Troy hit on. So Troy, you want to you want to say anything else to the listeners before we wrap it up? I would love to tell y'all, Matt's got a great uh, hatchery going on here. Uh, even though I'm in the pond and it's fairly cool, I'm I'm tough that way. I'm from the south. I'm tough that way. He has a really cool plant growing up here. I saw Phragmites today, which we have in the south. I saw Equisetum, which is also called Mare's Tail, growing up here. We don't see that too often, but we do occasionally. I see some cattails, Typhlotifolia here. Uh, you know, this is a great, great place. Matt's got a good thing going on here. That's why he's so well. Uh, that's why he was able to do PWNRA. So, uh, and listen, if you need fish, he'll typically give them to you. So just call him. It's great. <laughs> that's right. Sounds great, man. Hey, you ready to get out of that water? I'm fine. Let, hey, whatever you want to talk about, Matt, I'm here for, I'm here for the people. I'm here for the people. PWNRA. <laughs> that sounds great. Appreciate it, boss. This podcast, Sitting Dockside, is brought to you by Private Water Natural Resource Association, a nonprofit built just to educate private pond and lake owners on water quality and fisheries and all of that good stuff. There's videos, there's places to read, and there's a community built right into that website. So if you want to learn more, jump to pwnra.org and click and by all means, make sure that this continues in the future. Podcast, education, video, become a member. If nothing else, there's tons of platforms. YouTube, Facebook. Just hit like. Send a comment. We appreciate everything you can do here at PWNRA. They get more aggressive when there's none around. That's when they start biting. I'm not going to <laughs> we got cool right there. You got a little bit of a thermocline at the bottom there, buddy. No, it's good. It's pretty homogenous. It is a very sedimented bottom, though. Very. That's why your sane net's getting so weighted. This one? Yeah. Dude, I'm sinking up eight inches. Seriously.
I'm going to stink for days. It's ridiculous. Your brother's probably thinking, what in the world is going on? It's getting deeper. Yeah. It gets quite a bit deeper. There we go. Yeah. Uh, That was a snake, I think. You want to do an intro or are we done? Yeah, we'll do an intro. All right. Let me throw a bunch of feet around here. Get a bunch of feet. And that one bit me, buddy. It bit me hard. I'm telling you. That tickum thing bit the fire out of me. I was I thought the pan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Sitting Dockside. We've been gone for a while. Welcome back with Matt Rell and yours truly, Troy Goldsby. I'm here doing the year-long talk about and what Matt is bringing over here to me. He wants me to put this on, and I will for a brief second. I mean, the CVS sold this. All I can say is merit. And there's some more fish food. So we're going to do the podcast today talking about bluegill and the piranha gills. And I get bit several times, you'll see, during the podcast. And I'm not wearing this any longer, Matt. Oh, my goodness. There's more fish food. And so, yeah, sitting dockside, pwnra.org, which is Private Waters Natural Resource Association. It's a parent company, the parent nonprofit. And then you've also got the Facebook page, Lake and Pond Management Questions, Content, and Community. And we're in Indiana today. I came all the way to Indiana to do this. And uh, we're fixing to do the podcast. So uh, let's get after it. All right, I got bluegill chomping on my legs and my back right now. Matt didn't think I could take it. There was one right there, buddy. It got me good. <laughs> it's like a little, it's like a little electroshock therapy. When they get you, you don't know it's coming. Them little little dudes get on you a little bit. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I have got fish food hung around my neck in the Bruce Leroy from the last Dragon movie shirt, mesh shirt that he wore when he was, you got to glow the glow you know. That's what this is. And I'm standing amongst the bluegill. So, welcome to the Facebook page. (laughs) Today I'm sporting uh, some shorts for the What It Is Wednesday. I don't know exactly what it is. The FRFR camo hat. For me, goes forever. For me, goes perfecto. Uh, and that's all I know to tell you. I got the AirPods in. Remember, go get you a mesh blue Bruce Leroy Last Dragon shirt as soon as you can. <laughs> oh, buddy, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> Are we done? Uh, hold on now. <clears throat> I hope it recorded. That was funny, man. <laughs>